A new generation is coming of age. For a long time, Gen Z's have just been lumped in the millennials, and a lot of folks in higher ed have kind of been, you know, yelling for the last few years, like, they're their own generation, like, you can't keep calling them millennials. The millennials are in their 30s now, so we are, <laughs> we are not the, the youngins anymore. Generation Z brings a new experience. I kind of have memories of President Bush, but not, like, a whole lot. So I think it starts with Obama, like, for my age, I think. We've, I guess, never known anything different, like the progress that we've made as a country in the diversification of our candidates, etc. And for many Gen Zers, 2020 was the first presidential election they could vote in. I'm kind of being a part of something bigger than myself. I'm trying to bring change to this great place, you know? And I feel like if you're passionate about your country and if you are patriotic, you want it to change for the better. So I felt like I was being a part of that change. I'm Rich Clindworth, and we're talking Generation Z and elections in Season 2, Episode 8 of Talk Like a Pirate. We're joined now by Alex Dennis, who is an assistant director with East Carolina University's Center for Leadership and Civic Engagement, and Amrina Rangar, who is a current ECU biology and history student and a member of the upcoming class of 2023. Alex and Amrina, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, totally. Thank you. Who is Generation Z and how did they impact the presidential election of 2020? Alex, you want to start us off? I don't, I'm not sure it's the exact date that Gen Z begins or what year, but the current generation of students that we have um, at ECU is considered Gen Z. Um, and so Gen Z tends to be um, more independent leaning as far as not necessarily being attached to political parties. They tend to be more concerned with issue driven voters is kind of what we think of them as um, not much less attachment to uh, particular parties. Um, and so, you know, as far as this year, there's a lot of current issues at hand. And so um, from COVID to Black Lives Matter, police brutality, um, climate change, these are all really pressing issues. And so what we have seen so far, as far as project projections go, is that Gen Z really turned out in this election. Um, right now, we're not exactly sure by how much. Um, some projections show 5 to 10 percent um, increase um, over the 2016 election. but um either way turnout was tremendous across the board i always get confused whenever they're talking about all these generations so i believe i'm generation x so generation z is not the millennial generation correct it's the next correct. generation Everyone, after that yeah yes that, that, they tend to lump in gen z with millennial but um i consider myself millennial and i was born in 1984 um, and so Gen Z really is kind of um, the generation that grew up within social media, right? Social media has basically existed their entire life. Is Gen Z someone that the candidates absolutely need to pay attention to? Uh, yes. I think that actually, interestingly, Joe Biden's marketing or campaign team, however you want to call it, they really catered towards younger um Gen Z voters when they were making their advertisements and stuff because um, Gen Z, as you mentioned before, is like um, super prone to social media. So he used a lot of social media references and um, what what do you call it? I guess really cool editing hacks with his um, campaign ads and stuff that really drew in. Um, Gen Z voters, at least from like my friend group for Biden, 
I don't know about um, how, what like President Trump did with that to cater to Gen Z, but I think that Joe Biden's really strong force was catering to younger voters like Gen Z and millennials. And whenever you say editing hacks, what do you mean by that? Um. Oh gosh. Okay. Because that's there that's was a one different. I saw that he like rolled up in a car or something kind of like a Hollywood shoot and he was like vote for Biden and with like a little finger gun or something um like he would do clever things like that with his campaign commercials that would draw in more like younger a younger crowd I guess it's it's funny whenever you're talking two different generations here whenever I hear hack I'm thinking hacking someone's computer email or something like that but i know what you're talking about like the gifts and that sort of thing the motion graphics yeah see whenever i'm looking at that stuff and that might just be because of my age even though i i feel like at 42 i'm still relatively hip but uh, whenever i look at those gifts i think it's just someone trying to have fun but his to your knowledge his I can't believe I can't think of this stuff. His um, his campaign folks. Yeah, so his I, campaign. Jeez. I don't know how much how many of them were from the Obama years, but if you think Obama was the first president to utilize utilize social media, um, especially Facebook and others, to um, you know really reach at the time was you know my generation, um, you know kind of being the the first time voters. Um, and so that was you know I think you, you think about Biden being a part of that. Team, you know that originally kind of did that um you know with with obama's uh campaigns um you know I, I think they tapped into that further but you know i think there was also just a push on the side of social media platforms in general to spread voter registration stuff you know nonpartisan voter registration initiatives i mean you couldn't go on any social media platform you know in the second half of 2020 and not, you know, be asked, are you currently registered? What's your plan? Do you need help with absentee ballots? That kind of thing. Getting back to like the gifts with uh, President-elect Biden, there's, it seems like there was a use of humor there, that it was um, having some fun with him. Whereas for older generations, and please correct me if I'm wrong, the, the ads that really cater to them are more of the attack ads or the mudslinging ads like the you're going to lose this you're going to lose that instead for the younger generation him getting out of the car and pointing his finger and having some fun with it well i think that even if they were mudslinging ads they were also humorous um so for example when trump's tax returns or whatever were released um i'm pretty sure it was advertised all over joe biden's instagram that you could get a sticker or a pin or a button or whatever that said i paid more taxes than um the president of the united states or something like that and he i mean those catered towards like the young people because it was a mudslinging and b kind of funny well depending on when our listeners hear this podcast President-elect Joe Biden will be either 77 years old or 78 years old because his birthday is on November the 20th. He was born in 1942. He is going to be the oldest president we've ever had at 78 years old taking office. He will be older than Ronald Reagan, who left office after eight years at 77 years old. Amarina, you're 19 years old, correct? Yes. So for you and your friends, and we're not taking any political 
side to this. Is it surprising to you that our president would be the age that he is taking office? Um, I guess yes, because they're like the, the age of my like grandparents, I guess. And um, I know a lot of people's grandparents right now, they might be, um, you know, reaching that age where they go into nursing homes and stuff like that. So I think that a lot of us were kind of hesitant to vote like for either candidate because they're both like on the older side, but we kind of um, put that aside for just, you know, there was two candidates to vote for excluding third parties. So we just voted for the one that we believed in more. I, I don't know how to word that. Because I, I just I think the juxtaposition of Generation Z and then someone who was born during World War II, uh, I just thought that that was interesting to me. But that's why you see other, you know, really kind of up and coming stars in the Democratic Party like AOC, Kamala Harris, and, you know, even Bernie was, you know, it's really interesting to think about Bernie being, you know, uh, really popular amongst young people and him being really old too, you know, um, but, you know, you, you have a party that is really full of, you know, up and coming, um, you know, young stars really, um, like AOC and others who, um, I think are part of, you know, the driving force behind, um, some of the popularity with the democratic party and young people. But, um, I don't want to say that to dismiss uh, young people that also voted Republican as well. Cause like I said, you saw turnout increases on both sides. I mean, we had more people voting in this presidential election, I believe, than ever. And in, but going back to the Republican side, wasn't the the youngest member of Congress voting in voted in from North Carolina? I can't think of what his name right right Madison, now. Madison Cawthorn from yeah. the mountains of North Carolina. Yes, and, youngest member. Um, I believe he just is old enough at twenty five. So there are the two extremes right there. You have the youngest going into Congress and then the oldest going into the Oval Office. Interesting times we live. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's it's neat. I mean, it's neat whenever you think about that, or at least I find it neat. It's very interesting. So, Amrina, this was the first presidential election that you ever voted in? Yes. So this is something that I've also thought was interesting with your generation, Gen Z. Who is the first president that you really have solid memories of? Um, I guess it would be uh, former President Obama. I, I kind of have memories of like President Bush, but not like a whole lot. So I think it starts with Obama, I, like for my age, I think. I guess people born in like the later 90s might see, might have a different answer to that question. I think that what's neat with Generation Z in the United States right now is the past four presidential elections, you had a non-white male on the ticket, whether it was for president or vice president. So for the reality of Gen Z, their beginnings with getting into voting is more diverse than past generations. Yes, indeed. And um, I personally like to see that. I think that um, we're heading in the right direction concerning those kind of things. Do you realize, Amarina, that like, do you think most people your age understand that like, that was the, like, that is the first time that we've been able to say that, you know? Yeah, I don't, I don't think a lot of people like, 
fully have grasped that um, fact because we've, we've, I guess, never known anything different. So, like, I know it's different because I'm a history major. I like to study these things. But I know a lot of other people just don't realize the extent of, um, like, the progress that we've made as a country, like, in the, like, diversification of our candidates, etc. Yeah, because, I mean, you go back even, you know, 15 years, that was not the case. 20 years, you know, it's, it's really within Gen Z. So that's really interesting to think about. But I was just, I, I was, I, I, I was kind of thinking that they probably didn't realize the, the full impact of it. Like, um, you know, some that are kind of more in tune with it. And what's really neat about it is, I mean, it's four presidential elections, but it's really only what, 12 years, 2008, November of 2008 with President Obama and then now here in 2020. So a lot of progress over the, um, my math's going to be off right now, but what, the past uh, 200 and... Um, 40 some years. Yeah, 40 yeah. some years of this country, it was always white men running for president. And now we had Secretary Clinton running four years ago. And now we have Kamala Harris. Not only is she the first female vice president, but she will be the first woman of color in that office, too. So it's slow but fast. Does that make sense, the way yes. things have changed? Yes. In the grand scheme of things, it's um, it's a very small portion of our country's history, but it's also happened really quickly. And Alex, what kind of an extent do you think that Gen Z plays into that? Well, I think, you know social media plays a big role in, in that. And I think Gen Z is able to utilize social media better than just about, you know, any other generation before it because they, you know, they don't know any different. They grew up in it. And so, you know, being able to use it as a mobilizing tool, as a way to, you know, show what's going on in the world. You know, I think about how many, you know, camera footages, you know, we see phone camera footage from, you know, police brutality, you know, think about the role that played in Black Lives Matter movement and then the organizing that took place as a part of that. And so, you know, I, I think, you know, Gen Z utilizing, you know, the tools and the current climate, I think has really kind of uh, uh, kind of all come together, you know, to increase turnout and to, um, um, you know, have us where we are today. I think another interesting point, too, you talking about um, Kamala Harris, it makes me think, too, that Jill Biden, Dr. Jill Biden, who's going to be our first lady, she's actually going to continue to work as a professor, yes. which is another whole interesting you know, thing to think about. That's never happened before. Yeah, a lot of, lot of changes, a lot of progress. It's pretty exciting whenever you look at it, take away any political affiliation. If you take it and look at it just from... Um, I don't know if the right word statistic. I mean, it's pretty exciting to see these changes coming along. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, just from the perspective of an American, um, looking at our history as a, as a whole, um, it's it is exciting, you know. And I think uh, we have come a long way. And I, you saw a ton of female Republicans also win a lot of races too. Um, so you know, you definitely can can take the the partisan lens off of it altogether and just see it as a win for all of us. Um, for diversity, for inclusion, for representation. Um, and that's what we want in a democracy. Amrina, how would you categorize 
your experience voting for the first time in a presidential election? Um, I thought it was really rewarding, I guess, to like do all this work and then um, actually participate in it as well, if that makes sense. Um, Because I also voted in the primaries in the spring, and that was really fun. And it's, I mean, it's really just a minor part of your day. It takes like max 10 minutes to actually go in there and vote. But after you do it, you're like, wow, you know, I actually, I did something that has been a part of our country for like, since it was established. And um, I've been doing this work to get others to do it, like to vote. And it's really like cool that I was able to vote as well. If that makes sense. So was the spring primary, was that the first time you ever voted? Yes. What was that feeling like? I know you said it was neat, but what what kind of feelings came about? What were you thinking about when you did it? Um, my main feeling, I guess, was I'm kind of being a part of something bigger than myself. I'm trying to bring change to this like great place, you know? And um, I feel like if you're passionate about your country and if you are patriotic, you want it to change for the better. So I felt like I was being a part of that change. And that was really um, I, I don't know the like the word to describe it, but it was really rewarding. And um, just I guess I felt like I was being like progressive and productive and um, I was doing I was being responsible as a citizen as well. Amarina, how were you involved with the election with ECU? Um, So I work on the Pirates Vote team with Alex, and we did a lot of um, civic education and stuff like that throughout the semester through our programming. So we educated people on, like, how to register to vote, how to request their absentee ballot. Um, We told people about ECU's early voting site. We even rode our election shuttle bus to, um, like, voting sites on election day. We held debate watch parties and discussed our democratic process, which also helped me. Even though I work in this, I don't know all the answers to everything that we do. So it was super cool to learn about these things, and it was super cool to also um, educate my peers about things like this. I know we touched upon it in the beginning, but... I'm constantly saying millennial when Gen Z, I mean, Gen Z has been around for, well, at least 19 years at this point. Um, yeah, millennials are in their 30s now, so we are, we are not the not the youngins anymore, for sure. Yeah, I'm on that. I think they got the most hate, so you, you, have, you hear their name a lot. <laughs> well, you know, whenever I was growing up, I remember, so I didn't think I was Gen X until later whenever I got older and I'm generation X I was born in 78 and Gen X was getting a lot of a lot of negativity I heard a lot about oh the Gen Xers they don't want to work they're lazy they jump from job to job I mean I heard that stuff growing up and I was like thank goodness I'm not Gen X well turns out I am (laughs) but but it's but it is that I I don't know if if perception matches reality, because I'm very well aware of millennials getting a lot of that vitriol. It, it might just be each generation has a competition with the next, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I think everyone just wants, you know, wants their own defining qualities, you know, of, of their generation. And 
I think there can be some like, where's it cut off? And, you know, well, that's not me, that's them. And so I think that just naturally happens. But, you know, I, I think for a long time, millennials have just been, you know, Gen Z's have just been lumped in the millennials. And a lot of folks in higher ed have kind of been, you know, yelling for the last few years, like, they're their own generation. Like, you can't keep calling them millennials. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I think in addition to that, um, each generation, they have their own set of, like, what they grew up with, their values, et cetera, et cetera. And then once the next generation comes up, they kind of usually um, change those. And that's kind of, I feel like, the reason why the previous generation will, like, hate on the next generation and stuff like that, because their values and what they've put into place get changed. Like, all their work that they've done is like getting progressive and they don't like to sometimes admit that they were wrong. Very good point. Did. Yeah. Very yeah. good point. It's like, I think it's important to think about Gen Z as well. You know, they have not just social media, but, um, they were born after nine 11, you know, they, um, climate change. Um, they have lived, you know, their whole lives in a world in which, school shootings happen so like all of these you know um the world that they live in you know has impacted who they are as not just people but as voters as well all right well we'll we'll wrap this up what kind of final thoughts do you two have on generation z coming to age now with in the united states government with elections i would just you know encourage uh not just Gen z but you know everyone to make sure that you don't just get involved in our democracy every four years. You know, there is an election every year in North Carolina for something. Um, there's also other ways to be involved. You know, you can pick up the phone to call your elected representatives to share, you know, what you're concerned about. You can email them. You can tweet them. Um, there's other, you know, social media uh, ways to um, engage with our democracy and with our elected representatives. There's lots of apps that you can download, um, you know, to, to see what's going on in Raleigh and D.C. Um, just get involved. You know, that's the biggest thing. And just make sure that you're aware of what's going on too. make sure that you're, you know, following uh, media outlets that you can trust. Um, uh, you know, that's really important too, being media literate. So um, just just don't, you know, don't think that, you know, I'm done now because the election's over because that's not the case. Amarina? Um in addition to what Alex said, I think I'm just excited to see the number comparison and the statistics from like last four years to this four years, et cetera, et cetera. I'm really excited to see how like our work has really affected maybe ECU's campus and how other people's work like this has also affected their campuses. And I know that um, Gen Z has definitely turned out to vote and I hope that they not only will um, continue to turn out themselves, but maybe educate others who like are older than them who have never voted before and stuff like that i feel like gen z also has a passion to spread awareness to older folks who don't vote if that makes sense absolutely well alex amarina thank you so much for taking part in this thanks for having me yeah thank you well that's it for season two episode eight of talk like a pirate now if you were wondering the Pew Research Center defines Generation X as those born from 1965 to 1980. 
millennials born from 1981 to 1996, and our new generation Z being born from 1997 to 2012. And if you're curious, according to The Atlantic and others, Generation Alpha is apparently the next generation, which started to be born in 2013 and will continue until 2025. And there you have it. Well, thank you so much for listening. We always appreciate it. Until the next time, please stay safe and healthy. And don't forget, always be yourself. Unless you can be a pirate, then always be a pirate.